Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. You know, you can go through some of the minutiae and things of that nature, but the bottom line is they were the more physical football team. Um, it could be highlighted in terms of their front and our inability to, to run the ball, but just in general, I, I thought in all elements of, of play, they were the more physical group. Now, they're a physical football team in general, and so they're capable of that. But but for us, um, you know, regardless of circumstance, we don't want to make that comment. Uh, but that comment is true as it pertains to that matchup. And so, you know, we got we to, gotta, you know, be accountable to that and we are uh, we got to make sure that that we're not saying that moving forward hasn't been a lot of situations where we can say that but definitively i thought they were a more physical group good afternoon steelers nation it's high noon on a frigid wednesday afternoon and that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside the locker room inside the locker room you don't say. You know, Moti, I've made some uh, some slip-ups on intros and stuff like that before. I don't know if I've ever gone within the locker room. Mm. Let's try this again. You're in the electric factory with Arthur Moti. There we go. And Wesley Euler at Steelers Blitz on SNR. You already know the drill on the show here. We've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest of what you should know by now. You want to chime in anytime over the next 120 you can get at us on the dot com questions comments concerns reactions we'll take them at wesley euler at the body 52 the body arthur motes the weather outside is frightful mm-hmm. i think i was finally right mm-hmm. i only could do the reverse jinx for so long so long i could only hold off the uh, the winter weather here in western pennsylvania for so long it eventually catches us all it eventually gets us all, and uh, who knows by now. I mean, we got probably, what, about an inch of snow out there now. It could be... Uh, and it's coming down it harder. Three or four times that by the time we get out of here. Uh, a, a, a good day to be in, in the warmth uh, of the friendly confines here at iHeart Pittsburgh talking some football. Arthur Motes, we started there uh, with a clip from head coach Mike Tomlin talking about the physicality of the offensive line. And this was from yesterday, you know, his, his weekly Coach Tomlin press conference that you hear here on SNR every Tuesday at noon. And this was also kind of in the wake of uh, a prominent football analyst, Booger McFarland, calling the Steelers' offensive line soft. Now, Arthur Motes, there's a big difference between what we heard our, uh, what we heard Booger McFarland say and what we heard Mike Tomlin say. Very true. Uh, to me, there's a difference between saying that the other team was more physical and calling a group soft, uh, particularly when that group plays in the trenches in the National Football League, where I'd argue it's impossible to make it that far and play on Sundays in those positions if you are S A W F T soft. <laughs> but Arthur Motz, as a former NFL player who, you know, did some business in the trenches yourself, mm-hmm. did some operating in those uh, those dirty areas yourself, uh, what do you think about the questions that are being asked of the uh, the physicality of the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line? I mean, we're talking about <clears throat> the physical nature of those guys up front. I don't think it's something that, I mean, is, is out of line in terms of 
talking about the lack of physical nature that they've been playing with or the fact that the Bills were the more physical team, especially in the trenches on both sides. We saw that. I don't have an issue with any of that. I thought Coach Tomlin was very uh, correct in his analysis of that. I thought that it was good by him to say it publicly as well because as athletes, as much as we don't like to – you know, read the paper as much as we don't like to get on social media and look at all that type of stuff, it still gets back to us. So him saying what he said in terms of, you know, the team being out physical, he said it for a reason because that's what's been that's been what's resonating for these guys the past what day now. They're going to hear about that and have to answer questions for that all week now. It's going to constantly be reminded. Yeah. So it's going to do what? It's going to motivate them. It's going to make them want to address that. When they come out and practice, regardless if they're in pads or they're in shells, they're going to make sure that they operate with a sense of urgency as it pertains to the physical nature of their play. Now, when you talk about what Booger McFarland said in terms of calling the guys <laughs> soft, now that's the difference. That's where we cross the line. Um, first off, at the NFL level, you're not going to find o- offense alignment or defense alignment that are soft in this league. When no. we talk of soft, soft is a person, when we're talking about football, is a person that avoids contact, a person that doesn't want any type Correct. of physical confrontation. They're a person that's going to avoid the, the the resistance you know, by any means necessary. Right. They take the path of least resistance. Not finesse. Finesse is when you're doing it by skill. Finesse is when you say, okay, instead of me trying to meet power with power, I'm going to use a little bit more finesse, a little bit more speed and agility to maneuver around you. Technique. Right. This offensive line is a very much finesse offensive line. But this offense as a whole is more finesse built. They're built to pass the ball. That's why they do such a great job in pass protection. But in terms of moving guys off the line of scrimmage for the run, they struggle with that. Calling them finesse is not a, a shot at them. The Kansas City Chiefs are a finesse offense. Right, right. They just understand how to effectively run, and they run really well situationally, but they're still a finesse bunch. There are plenty of teams that are very successful being Packers. finesse. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you see the alternative of a team like Tennessee or Baltimore where they're going to be more of your hard-nosed uh, approach. But, but none of those teams are soft. None right. of that, like to say NFL players are soft is very, very disrespectful to it me. Is. As a professional player, speaking from experience, to call, uh, I mean, to call me soft or to call a player soft, we said, man, that's up there with if you call a black person uh, a racial slur, like you're going to take big time offense to it because in that culture, Soft is is, is a very much a derogatory term right. when you're talking football. That's the biggest criticism. Absolutely, you can have. And, and the thing that is you this: avoid physicality. And to me, the thing that was very disheartening is this: if it was a guy like Max Kellerman, a Stephen A, a Skip Bayless type, guys that didn't play the game at a high level, guys that say a lot of hot uh, take stuff for the clicks. High level. I don't think they play. No, period. But but to <laughs> me, I'm just kind of like, all right, you expect that type sure. of outlandish They're stuff just from to them. Get a reaction. Right. We we know, man. We we've heard it all the time. That's we right. could go down the list. I, I laugh. Every, you know, I'm sure you've seen it the last. Last couple weeks, like just Steelers Nation and how much yes. they hate Colin Cowherd. Yeah, he, like, he he does it for a reason. It's a science it behind of it. that reaction. Yeah, you're yeah. either really good in terms of being able to say things that inspire people, or you're saying things that are going to incite people to make them get really upset. Either way, you need both. It's the good and evil. It's the yin and the yang. They all play a role in this thing. But to hear it come from Booger McFarlane, a former player, that to me was the alarming part because I'm like I'm like Booger, you know what that statement means. Right. It, it, it's certain it's things certain in certain areas, areas, in certain cultures, when you say certain things, you know what that would trigger. You, you wouldn't say that. saw the reaction that. from Randy Moss, Absolutely. too, who's the other former NFL yes. player sitting on the set. Absolutely. Randy Moss did a double take and was like, wait, did you just say soft? Yes. Like, 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 like to me, I'm like, when you started talking soft, that that's starting to question manhood. That's starting to say, well, you know what? 
I can, we can address the soft nature of this without even having to get to the football element of it. Just let me know the time and the date. I mean, that's when you start talking soft, that's the route that you're, you're, you're going down. That's the path you're going down. And like you said, you saw Randy Moss respond. You saw Pouncey, who hardly ever responds to that type of stuff. Right. He responded right away because that's not something that you say. That's not something that's okay. We talked about in the past the difference between criticizing performance versus criticizing an actual person on, on, on a, like I said, on a personal level. Right. Calling a guy soft, that's crossing that's the line personal. to that personal level. That's no longer performance-oriented. That's a personal indictment on that person. Right. So that's why, for me, I have more of an offense with that. I agreed 100% in terms of the lack of physical, the, the lack of physicality, though. That's been there. That's shown on tape. We've talked about that multiple we times have, as well. Yes. But calling somebody soft, that's, that, that's a no-no at this level, man. Yeah. It, it's one thing, like you said, to question – the physicality. Or as, as, as you know, Mike Tomlin say, just saying that the other team was more physical. Yeah. And, and and you can, you know, I'm sure some of that is, like you said too, just trying to, to light a little bit of a fire mm-hmm. underneath these guys. But yeah, I, yeah, I think that was really well said by you. And, and I wanted to start there today. And see, I didn't even want to start there, man. I wanted to start on a happy note, but I already know. It's all good. Well, to me, that was a happy note. Oh, see, it was you putting Bugger McFarland into his place. That's happy to me. See, for me, I don't really like going down that path, though, man. Like, <laughs> I know. Some people, they, nice some, some people like to put people in place and, you know, hey, man, this is wrong on you. For me, I like to always keep it in a positive note. And, and, and for me, let me just quickly transition to my positive flow. Okay. I got to shout out the young boy Juju Smith-Schuster, man. Okay. So as much as people have been getting on him, right, obviously everything came out about the, the TikTok pregame videos, you know dancing on logos. About that too. We'll get on that. We definitely will. But before we go there, because he's received a lot of backlash for it, I do want to highlight him, man, because he's been doing some really good things in this community, man. Now, obviously, everybody talked about the Thanksgiving once the game got moved, how he provided, fa- uh, provided Thanksgiving dinners for families. But, man, just yesterday, he uh, paid off, was it $12,500 in customers' railway? at Burlington Co. Factory. Man, to me, that's a big-time move by Juju. As much as we criticize him, as much as people talk about the negative, I think it's very much important. If you're going to talk about the shortcomings, you're going to talk about the flaws, at the same time, man, you highlight those guys when they do good things. And right here, this is a big-time thing by him, man. I'm glad you mentioned that. You're right. What do we always say on this show, Arthur Motes? Keep that same energy? Got to keep that same energy, yeah, man. We Like I said, we're going to get up here and talk about the bad. We got to talk about the good, man. And, yeah, when, when you start doing stuff like that, to kind of say your heart, let's be real. He, he could spend that 12 G's anyway. Anyway. <laughs> but buy himself a nice Christmas gift with that money. Easily. I mean, it, it's like I said, plenty of stuff that you could do. But the fact that he's decided to be, you know, very philanthropic in that, from that scenario, man, and do something like that, especially during the season where you have so many other things on your mind, so many other things pulling at you, man, to me, that just shows a lot of maturity. And, man, I, I think that was a really big, big-time move by him. You know what? I'm glad you said that, too. And while we're on that topic, uh, did you see what Zach Banner did over the weekend? I did not. Uh, Zach Banner, and mind you, this is a guy, kind of similar to Juju, Mm -hmm. his contract future is up in the air. Yes, very true. Um, with his injury this year, he's appending now. I, I might. I think Zach. I think is he's a, restricted. A restricted. Yeah, he'll be restricted. Agent. But yeah. still, his his contract situation is up in the air, mm-hmm. and he just had major knee surgery, a major knee injury. Um, he donated part of his uh, game check this week, however, to the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh because this weekend was the start of her. This past week was the start of Hanukkah. Yeah. Um, so to the Tree of Life and their ongoing recovery and trying to reopen um, that synagogue in, in wake of everything that happened a little over a year ago now, I think about 14 months ago now, Zach Banner donating a part of his game check to the Tree of Life. So 
Great, great stuff by Zach. Great stuff by Juju. Uh, Moats, we know it's that time of year, uh, but even more so in 2020 when, when man, a lot of people absolutely, are hurting. Man. It's, uh, I, I'm glad that you said that. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we do absolutely like to uh, to always spotlight the good here on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, man, we're, there's plenty of stuff that we talk about with these guys, guys, negative, right? There's plenty of things we're going to bring up that, don't, that, that won't paint these guys in the best light. And it won't take you inside the helmet to let you know who they are, what their passions are. So I always feel like, man, while we got this platform, when stuff like this is going on, man, it's important that we speak on it, man. Speaking of this platform, uh, Ryan from Nashville tweets us, if the comments don't come from the locker room, the Steelers blitz, or the drive, it means nothing to us. Wow. Wow. uh, Keep those tweets rolling in. We'll start to get to some of them on the other side. We'll also... uh, I got to talk about this TikTok stuff a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely I need to. I think there's some fa- like there's some fair criticism mm-hmm. and there's some false narratives. Yes. So we got to parse through that I mean, on isn't the show that, today as well. It, it, hold on. You know that always the case? It, isn't that the duality of man, though, That's right? That's the duality of man. The duality of man. <laughs> I Are love what you say. I love it. I love it. Are Let's go. It's the Steelers Blitz. Having some fun on a snowy day in Pittsburgh on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, you on TikTok? Oddly enough, I am. Oh, but I'm not active. Okay. I, I post on it, but I'm not up. Let me ask you this. Uh, we, got a little, we got a little G-Man rocking with us here today mm-hmm. at the studio. And he's got his headphones on, so I can ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are you on TikTok just to spot on your kids on TikTok? No, no. So, so for me, <laughs> funny thing, man, I've, I've, like, transitioned a little bit with my social media. Now, I'm, probably about the past six, seven months, honestly, I've used social media solely to just post about this show. And about like my personal show that I'm doing, like That's I don't true. really, I'm not up there like that. I need a little, little, little step back, you know what I mean? Get, get my, you know, get, every, every once in a while you gotta give yourself a little me time, get away from that. So yeah, that, that's that's the phase we're in right now. So do I have it? Yes. Do I post on it? Yes. But I couldn't tell you what goes on. <laughs> like I, I'm not up there like that, man. <laughs> do you follow Juju on TikTok? I told you, I, know, I, I do not actually. I, 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 you know, I I follow four people. I follow uh, my, my co-host on my podcast. Okay. I follow my oldest daughter. Okay. I follow my middle daughter. Mm-hmm. And I follow my son. There you go. Those are my four people. That's all you need. That's, that's all I got for you right now, that's man. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, so a lot of uh, outrage from Steeler Nation and honestly just football fans in general pointing out. Um, and we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but I, I kind of there's a different way that I want to take this with mm-hmm. you. Um, because what we talked about was just the outrage of Juju dancing on logos. And you talked about, well, hey, at least he's keeping that same energy, mm-hmm. right? At least he's not just when they're winning, he's dancing, and when they're not, right? Like, if you're going to dance, dance. If you're not going to dance, yeah. don't dance, right? But and now, granted, these consistent. take place before the game, too, so it's a little right. bit different. Right. But, but yes. still, every week, though. Yes, correct. Um, now, I think over the uh, the last, you know, 40 hours or whatever, 40 40- Six hours since we since we went on air. Forty five hours since we were last on air. Um, a lot of people. The video of Josh Allen talking to the guys pregame mm-hmm. uh, uh, came out, and and that has become a big topic, and and it's continued these last couple of days, and 
people saying that, you know, Juju needs to knock that off because it's unprofessional and, and Juju needs to knock that off because it's motivating the other team. The first part of that, fine. If, the, if, that's, if that's what you think, right, if, if, if it's just not um, – you know, it's, it's not a way that a professional football player, it's not a way that a Pittsburgh Steeler should conduct himself. That is your prerogative to think that way. Mm-hmm. But Arthur Motes, the second half of that, the people that are saying that it's it's added motivation and it's part of the reason why the Steelers lost, it's part of the reason why the Bill... No, it's not. Like, this is not high school sports <laughs> where a little disrespect <laughs> motivates people. Like, these guys did not make it to being the top 1% of the top 1% of football players because somebody ticked them off and now they're a little extra motivated. And also, Arthur Motes, Josh Allen gave that speech about let them dance and talk, we'll go out there and do the hard work, in the tunnel pregame. Mm-hmm. If that was such a big motivating factor, why was Josh Allen so bad in the first half? Like, we got to be careful with some of this stuff. Like I said, I think there's some fair criticism there, right? And if you just don't want him doing that, if you think it's, you know, uh, some people have pointed out that, you know, we have a conniption every time somebody disrespects the terrible towel, but then Juju wants to dance on everybody's logo. Maybe it's a little hypocritical in that regard, right? Like, I think there's some fair criticisms there, but the whole motivation bulletin board material thing, I don't buy that at all. No, you're, you're right. Um, in terms of needing motivation at this level, I always tell people, if you need motivation, yeah, you're not going to last long in this league, right. baby. Between the money, between just the hard work that it takes, yeah, you, you shouldn't be needing outside sources. And even with that, the whole bulletin board material narrative is short-lived. Honestly, you talk about it. It's something that you think about. And sure, you're Maybe like, man. first 15 minutes right, of the game. Or, or if you see that person, you know, in the fourth quarter, you get a chance. Like, yeah, you might say something to them, but – that's not going to be the deciding factor in the game. The deciding factor of the game right. is you executing for four quarters, the right. X's and O's, being a playmaker and things like that. Um, to me, though, I always find it funny that whenever you lose, now it's an issue. Exactly. This is this is week 14 in the NFL, going on week 15. He's been doing this for 14 weeks, but now all of a sudden because they lost back-to-back games and actually Josh Allen spoke on it now all of a sudden. <laughs> whoa, whoa, this has been going on this whole time? I didn't know that. What, 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 really? Stop it. If you act like you didn't notice, you're lying to yourself, man. This has been going on every week. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, and we've had this conversation. I said, man, at times I felt as if not only – the the pregame dancing on the logos, but some of the stuff that they were doing in stadium, more and more particular the receivers, like some of the showboating, yeah. the pointing at people and things like that. I'm like, man, it's becoming more of a front runner style of of you know celebrating, and I'm not really a fan of that. Like, you can hype yourself up, but don't 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 try to make it as if, oh man, I ran this guy, let me point at him, or I hit this dude, let me say something about that. Every week it was something like that, you know, and, and that's what I started to see. That was to me it was like, ah, I'm not really feeling that all the way. But still, that's a personal preference. That isn't going to have a, a, a out. A, a, it's not going to impact the outcome of the game. You right, know. Right. So if you want to talk to professionalism, sure, that's where, where I was alluding to. But it still isn't necessarily wrong. You have to think, man. Different generations as well. I mean, these kids are 23, 24 years old. I mean, social media. That's what they grew up on. That's their platform. They've been doing this since high school. A lot of us, 30 and older, it's a little bit different. So how we view their actions are a little bit different as well. And we have to be understanding of that. It's no different when it was our turn to be, you know, ahead of the curve and and being the younger people compared to some of the older generation. We went through some of the similar things, just different ways about it. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very understanding of that as well. I think that's something that gets lost a lot when we criticize these guys in terms of how they use these various platforms that weren't available to us when we were that age. So I think that does come into play as well. But as a whole, 
my biggest thing is this, man. If you feel this way about the terrible towel being disrespected, keep that same energy. Don't disrespect the team's logo because we all know what that means. If you come to Hinesville and you throw a pet rally or you start dancing on our logo, what you think is going to happen? So just understand that. And, and as much as I wanted to give Juju the benefit of the doubt and say, well, maybe he's just so young he really doesn't understand that, yeah. I said, no, he knows exactly what he's doing because that's why when he does it, you know, there's only kickers and long snappers out there, right? It's just no offensive defense out there. It's no, oh, we got the real receivers, the real DBs out here for warm-ups. No, 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 no. He's very strategic in when he does it, and he's very quick and subtle in how he does it as well until he posts it on social media. So to me, that let me know also that, 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 let me know also that yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's trying to low-key sneak to do it, which to me makes it worse. <laughs> I concur, Arthur. If you're going to do it and you're going to post it and you're going to be about that, really be about that. Like, for example, when Vontez, Burfick, and Vince Williams said what they wanted to say, it was no secret. They didn't come out here. Let me come out here early and post a video on his side of the field. Like, he not here. No, no, no. We're going to wait till we both out here. We don't, I don't, I don't want to look for you, and I don't want you to look for me. With Juju, what he's been doing with this whole pre-game dance on the logo – it's like, bro, you 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 hide in low key, like that's not cool. That 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 to me looks a little skittish. You know what I mean? Yes. If you're gonna do it, do it when everybody's out there. Right, right. Don't 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 sneak. Don't don't come out here five hours before kickoff talking about yeah, man. I'm dancing on their logo. Like, no, nah, you just dancing on some random field five hours before kickoff. <laughs> you dance on my logo when I'm out here. Now 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 you can really tell me you danced on the logo. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I I I I do think you're absolutely right. Um. Like I said, I think there's a fine line between some real criticism with some of that stuff and some stuff that we like to manufacture whenever the team has now lost two mm-hmm. games in a row. I mean, you um, know, we, we always gotta ha- we always gotta be able to put our finger on it and say this is the reason why. This is it the has reason. to be. Everything has a solution. Every answer, every action has an equal reaction or consequence. Ah. <laughs> Arthur, what do you say we get to some of the tweets here? Oh man! About a half an hour into the show, we've had a few rolling in. Well, you know what they say, right? That's the duality of this show. Not only are we going to speak, but we're also going to go to the tweets and and keep everybody involved. So I'm I'm without a doubt, I'm with you, you, man. You, I mean you, Steel City champs. Three questions. Oh, there we go. Keep the three pack. Everybody's biting off a me style. Me. I don't hate it though. What they say? Just just know that me's a a trendsetter. Imitation is the the highest form of flattery. So I like this, man. This is a huge boost. I don't think we have to say it as a negative. It's a good thing. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. It's like you know when you say penultimate, I look at it as a it's a huge boost. Absolutely, man. (laughs) Uh, Question number one: This far into the season, what grade would you give the rookie class? I'm assuming he means the Steelers rookie class, not the yeah, rookie not, class not the whole as league. a whole. I, was, I don't know the whole league rookie class, but for the Steelers, um, it's tough because they didn't have a first-round pick. I don't care about that. But I know you don't care about it. <laughs> like, what that got to do with me? I was a six-round pick. I don't care about no first-round pick. Boy, leave me alone. <laughs> um, I, well, I guess I, I, you know what I, Guys that are expected to come in and contribute right away. But I get what you're saying. I you get what you're second, saying. Third, Kevin Dotson's yeah, a fourth-round guy, and he's been contributing. Like, what, 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 what are we talking about yeah. here, man? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Dotson's yeah. a fourth round yeah, guy. Better stop, yeah, better stop with all that narrative right there. That's seeking comfort. Um, what do you think? For me, man, I'll probably say. Actually, I know what I'll say. I'm, I'm gonna go B minus. That's exactly what I yeah. like. And yeah, the reason that's why what I was thinking. And the reason why I go B minus is this. I feel like at times, obviously, Chase Claypool has exceeded expectations as a second round mm-hmm. pick, um, and just what we expected from him on draft night compared to what he's been able to do this season thus far. That's been, I mean, beautiful. But he has slowed down a lot. That, that's the other part of it, and that's why I feel like it's holding the grade back because for as dominant as he was earlier, he's been, I mean, 
almost as if he wasn't even out there on the field these past couple of games, really dating back to Tennessee time frame, was when I really started to notice that trend of his playing time going down, but then also his targets and just him being a focal point of the offense going down. Um, I was impressed with Kevin Dotson, but the sample size is super small um, in terms of really playing, what, two to three games yeah. tops? Yeah between coming in during injuries and actually having a start. But then, obviously, he left within two series or three series of playing in this Bills game. So that's another great that it's hard to give you. Uh, Highsmith, I thought he played well early on in some of the spurts that he was getting in yep. a situational role. These past two weeks, his play hasn't been as productive. I mean, he flashed a little bit in that Bills game early on, but we haven't really seen a lot of productivity, a lot of playmaking since he's taken over. And then from there, um, Antoine Brooks, I thought he's done a good job from you know the, the amount of time he's gotten on defense. Obviously, it hasn't been an expanded role or an extended role, but he's done well when he's having those opportunities. And then um, Carlos Davis. I was going to say, Carlos yeah. Davis, he played well when he had that one opportunity. Anthony McFarland, he, he's the wild card, right? I mean, you see some of the potential, but at the same time, you're not seeing a lot of productivity. But at the same time, you're seeing him getting a lot of snaps as well. So that's why, to me, I go B minus. I think this is a group that has potential to be really good. Yeah. But right now, it's a lot of incompletes or a lot of, all right, it started out fast, but then it slowed down a lot. So that that's why I go B minus. I think that's fair. Uh, they've gotten solid contributions from from a lot from most of these guys, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's fair. I it it wouldn't be uh, I, I wouldn't say that they have crazily exceeded expectations, but I I, I, I think they are doing an above the line job as yes. well too. I, I think B minus is is a fair grade there. Uh, number two, which team would be the best matchup for us to start off the playoffs? Hmm. I'm solely going to say Cleveland because of the mental advantage. Ooh. That's about it. I mean, because when we talk about the rest of these teams, I mean, we're going, what, Kansas City, Buffalo, um, maybe Miami. They might sneak in as a wild card. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Baltimore. You tell me which one of those yeah. you want to see. You know, you know, <laughs> you know who, honestly, um, and they man, they're they're kind of on life support in this regard. I think the Dolphins would be a decent matchup for the Steelers. You said you think they're on life support? They're they're like their playoff hopes, aren't they? The oh, eight, they're the no. eight seed right now. I thought, aren't yeah, they? So but, like but they're, they're on the outside they're looking in. At, what they're sitting at eight and four though. Eight and five, I thought after this past week. You're you're yeah. Was it because they lost to the Chiefs? No, I know they lost to the Chiefs. Did that put them the five then? Okay, that might have put them the five I then. I think so. Because I thought they were one game behind Buffalo going into this week, and that's why it was important for them to lose and for the Bills to win to get that second game up. Ah. Uh, I, I could be wrong though. But I know they're Let's they're check close the Google together. Machine here, we got the Google machine. Uh, eight and five. Yeah. yeah, ten and three, eight and five, mm -hmm. uh, and then the Pats are so, six and so seven. So literally, we say they're on their life, their playoff lifeline, but that's like the exact same record as the Baltimore Ravens. It's true. <laughs> well, the Ravens kind of are. Did you hear what John Harbaugh said post game? No, what did he say? Stefanski. No, what did he say, man? Stefanski said to Harbaugh post game. Um, you know, like they had the mic'd up of those. Oh, two hey, on the okay, field. okay. And Stefanski said, uh. You know, we'll see you guys again in the playoffs, like something along those lines. Yeah. And Harbaugh said, "Well, hold on, we got to win some more games first. Yeah. So I mean, you know what I mean? Just right, right. in okay, terms okay. of where they are currently, I mean, I you're right. You eight and five is. I mean, the Steelers were eight and five last year and yeah. had a playoff position in their in their control. Absolutely. Which is weird to think that now with an extra playoff spot, that eight and five feels yeah. like a little bit of shaky ground. But that's because a lot more teams are in that vein, whereas in the past yeah. when we talked about us being eight and eight two years in a row and should have been in the playoffs because of that, mm -hmm. it was because the rest of the the division." were down the rest of the conferences were down 
Whereas this year, you're, you're seeing a, a lot more competitive uh, standpoint from a record standpoint in the AFC right now. So, I mean, but even with that, Tua Tagovailoa has done some very impressive things. That Miami Dolphins defense, they gave Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense big-time trouble early and late. It was just that the Chiefs had about a five- to seven-minute spurt where they literally took off and scored four touchdowns in a row, and that's what blew the game open. And from there, the Dolphins had to play catch-up. Are we capable of scoring four touchdowns in a five- to seven-minute window right now? Based on what we've seen these past two weeks, not at all. So as much as you say that you think that Dolphins matchup, I'm like, I don't agree with that at all. I think the Dolphins are playing really, really good on defense. And now with two X quarterback, they have a little bit more of that big play capability uh, yeah. now, man. So that, that to that- me... Makes me a little bit nervous with the that matchup, man. I went man. with that, though, and you know how much I believe in Tua, but mm-hmm. uh, much like Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin's record against rookie quarterbacks is I'm like with you on that. 19-2. and two True. I'm, I'm with you like on that. that. But you heard the two but, part. <laughs> Tua. Uh, exactly. Oh, crap. Never mind. Yeah, no, oh, I took, all that, right. I took yeah. that back. And, and he got two Ts yeah, actually, in his name, too. You know who, now, this is a team who's really on life, <laughs> who's really on life support. Uh but I would like to see the Steelers play this team because then I could just say their name the entire week. Yeah. Ooh. It's but do you think the entire I don't, week I don't of think they make it though. You think they make it? No, I don't. I don't say I don't think if, they if, make it, man. If the uh, if the Dolphins and the Ravens are on life support for right. the playoffs, I, I, I mean saying, they're like I, I don't I don't see the Raiders making no, it. No, I don't all, I man. don't either. I don't And either. I know we had what four teams get officially eliminated yesterday, but right. yeah, I, I don't see the Raiders. If the Raiders were to make it, well, without a doubt, we would throw them in there. But I just don't think they make it. I'm thinking of the teams that are right on that cusp. Mm-hmm. Browns, Dolphins, mm-hmm. Ravens. Mm-hmm. To me, I like that that Browns matchup solely, like I said, based on the fact that earlier in the year, we knew we got into Baker's head. We rattled that team. And we know just the history of the matchup. With those players still there, we have dominated that. And I just think that, man, in, in games like that, it reminds me of how we viewed the Patriots under Brady and Belichick. You you get so worked up that sometimes you psych yourself out before you even get into the stadium. You're right. seeing ghosts almost. You're, you're right. preparing for stuff that isn't that hasn't even shown up on tape. But because you're so nervous about it, you, you're, you're going so far and it hurts your performances. I feel like that's how we are to Cleveland right now. Baltimore, Baltimore, there is no fear. If anything, Baltimore is very, opt- is very, you know, looking forward to that match because yeah, those of, guys can't beat us. Three yeah, times they, they the said, year. dude, you saw we should have got them the last time with nobody out here. You saw how Lamar's playing right now, man. We 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 want to see that again. I don't want that. And I already told you what Miami in terms of why I don't like that matchup. So that that's why for me, man, I was going Cleveland, baby. I dig it. I dig it. But can we, yeah, let, let's let the Raiders get in so we can face them. Or, or, or let, yeah, let, let the Patriots get in or something like that, man. We can face Ooh. them. Like, I need, Colts, I, too. Let's make Phillip Rivers come to come to Heinz Field in see? January. I need, nah. I need to see. I, I'm going to see Run this Colts. Run uh, game. Uh, exactly. We're going to see this Colts team in, in, in real soon. <laughs> real soon. And, That's true. And, and, we'll and what they just did to the Raiders, we'll that, 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 that 40 burger they put on the Raiders, I, I'm, yeah. Let, let's, let's not act like that ain't happening. <laughs> uh, last one here in the three-pack from Steel City Champs. Uh, what's your favorite tradition you do with your kids or family for Christmas? Oh, this is simple for me, man. We we always make sugar cookies. Um, yeah, we, we bake them. Then after that, when we have a little fun decorating them, man, doing all type of nonsense, listen to Christmas music. And then once we're done with that, man, we have to watch Home Alone, man. That, that's a, a most family staple during the holidays, man. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, it's just my wife and I, you know, last four years. I do not have any 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 kids yet. Just Just my wife and I. Um, Arthur Motes, I think you'll like this. Oh, here we go. My wife and I have a Christmas tradition that we've done for the last four years. Mm. Brunch and Goodfellas. 
Can't go wrong with that. So we, you know, we get up. Um, Can't go wrong with that at all. You know, brew some coffee. Some coffee. Some coffee. Presents, 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 that thing. thing. And, then we, and then we cook a little breakfast, my wife and I. And we sit down and we eat that breakfast and we watch Goodfellas. I like it. Goodfellas, I mean, it was during the holidays a little bit with the it's movie a, as well. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. I, I mean, I that wa- and Die Hard are my favorite Christmas well, movies. Well, literally, I watched The Shining last night because The Shining is a Christmas movie. That's it right. takes place during the Christmas months. Like, what are we talking about? That's all That's all you need. Yeah. I mean, Just because it's a Christmas movie doesn't mean it has to be like all butterflies and rainbows and happy. Now, usually, usually then, right, we'll like we'll go and see our family in the evening, mm-hmm. and we'll um, you know do presents with them and dinner with them and stuff like that. Sometimes Arthur Mutz, we do sneak in a second movie. Ooh, okay. you know, we might sneak in Donnie Brask. It's always okay. got it's like it's like brunch and, and mafia movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you go that route. Brunch and okay. gangster movies. So I like it's it. always Goodfellas first. You know, then we might watch Casino. Okay. Then we okay. might watch Donnie Brasco. Okay. I might chuck on The Departed. Okay. Can't uh, go wrong with any of that. You know, I could say hello to my little friend and Scarface. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, and see, uh, and so see, I, I like the fact too, because it's two adults. You could you can get away with that. <laughs> you cannot kid, get away they, with that. They not sit here watching three hour mafia movies. <laughs> That's yeah. Good luck. And <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get to the Godfather. I don't know if we're gonna have enough time. <laughs> well, you, 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 you spent twenty four hours on six movies right there. <laughs> say Godfather that movie like twelve hours long. That's just for part one. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Keep those questions rolling, and we got some more here we'll get to as we uh, as we close out the first hour. At Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. Tell us your uh, favorite family traditions. I was about to say, what's well your too. favorite scary movie? <laughs> Buddy Elf, what's your favorite color? Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, and Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Now, this is surprising, Arthur Motes. The television here in the studio is telling me that the Oakland Raiders have a 21% chance to make the playoffs. Bro, they 7-6. and six. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's 21%, worse than what we thought. They're 7-6. and six. They 7 and I mean, they seven and six. the Dolphins eight and five, man. Come on, man, get him out of here. Get him out of here. yada. We. It's the Steelers blitz on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Hold on, I gotta six. stand up here. You know what? Seven. I mean, we get it's snowing out there. The cars are covered, but uh, roads still look not too bad actually. I'll take it. Not too shabby yeah, out right. there on okay. on a parkway. Okay. Um. We're getting some snow here today in Pittsburgh, folks, and uh, it is a little bit of a whiteout out there right now, but the road's still uh, still looking like they're holding up as we stand here uh, about uh, halfway through the show almost. What does that even mean? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> Nobody knows what it means. But it's provocative. <laughs> it gets the people going. I will say, Arthur Motes, um, these are the type of days, you know, I wish we were bigwigs and we just, you know, we had a producer who would sit in here in the studio for us and you and I could just do the show from home. That would be nice. I mean, somebody's, you know, somebody's got to keep this this place afloat here. Such is life in the uh, <laughs> SNR business, baby. Uh, Arthur Motes, let's go back to the Twitter.com here to close out the hour. We got a few minutes here. We got a bunch of tweets that have rolled in today. Um, so, you know, me gave uh, his three pack of questions as well, too. Mm-hmm. So let's get right to it. Let's do it, man. First Why of all, me says, How Yin's doing? We're pretty good. I mean, I can't complain. I'm, I'm the opposite of soft. Um, we got a long weekend coming up. Reminder yeah. no show Friday. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the day off. Yep. Going. Uh, I'm just a victim. Going to going to see the in laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mom is and this dad. a good see the in laws? Is like a good no, luck see the in laws? So what happened was because um, I feel like there's two types of in laws. Absolutely, yeah, you got I like lo- the, I love mine. Yeah, okay, okay, I, make sure I, we're good. Tru- like I'm being honest when I say that. You know, my my uh, my mom too and dad too are are awesome people, fantastic okay. people. I like it. Then. Good, um, good. That's good. That's good. They, they Arthur Motes have a cabin in the Poconos. Ooh, uh, at, big time at, balling. At, okay, at Blue Mountain. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is because you know it's poking us <laughs> rich people. All right, continue though. I'm with it. Um, they did not come. They normally come out to see us for Thanksgiving. You know, they live in Philly. Yeah. For those who are unfamiliar, I know most of the people listening have probably heard me talk about that before. But they uh, they live. Oh, in the, we know. We, we you know you love they, your Philly. Yeah, they live in the Philly area. Uh-huh. They are the Eagles season ticket holders that I always reference. Uh-huh. Um, they, uh, my father-in-law was potentially exposed to COVID at work ahead of Thanksgiving. Now, mm-hmm. he ended up never testing positive. That's the good news. But they decided not to come out for Thanksgiving because, you know, they, they did the responsible thing. They didn't want right. to take the chance of infecting anybody. So we planned, since we couldn't get together for Thanksgiving, just the two of them and just Morgan and I, or just the four of us, are, are going to the cabin in the Poconos. So we're taking a I long like weekend. Uh, wifey and I are leaving tomorrow, so I took off Friday, and we're going to do a little skiing. You know, me and the, me and the father-in-law go out there and rip it up on Blue Mountain. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so okay. the snow's helping in that regard. I like it. Heck yeah. So I'm doing good. Now, now are, are, you, are you nice on the slopes? Not as nice as I am on a pond hockey rank, but I can I can. Dab. But you can hold your own though. Okay. I can hold, I can hold my own. I'm not I as like it. so you know when I was in like middle school and high school I used to go skiing all the time huh. and I was much better. Yeah. Um. So I'm not quite in that form anymore, but I can I can ski. Okay. You know I don't know if I want to do any quadruple triple black diamonds and and jump off of uh, ramps or anything like that. But I hit okay. an occasional black diamond and I could you know I could ski. I don't know what that even means. I've never skied or or. or, or so you don't know when to pizza or when to French fry? No, no, that's, I, I know pizza. that part solely because French of fry. South Park, but I've never pizza. done it. Yeah. French fry. You talk about all that. Like, first off, man, I've never been up on a snowy mountain to even slide down, whether, like I said, it's a snowboard, a, a tube, or it, whatever. None of it. I don't even sled. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's a hard knock life. Uh, okay, Mee's questions. True or false? Steelers need to use Juju more in the vertical game. Sid needs to use him more in the vertical game? I don't know. Well, this is the thing. They typically, I mean, when they use Juju, they're using him either on the underneath stuff or when they got pick routes, or they're using him vertical, but it's typically on a linebacker. Because he doesn't get a lot of separation, he's not a burner, and he struggles against press man-to-man coverage, Typically, the way that they have used him, like I said, are on the vertical routes in the seam, though, where you're either going over top of the linebacker or they're going back shoulder away from the safety. That's what we've seen him make his bread and butter this season, though. There, like I said, just running off of the uh, the pick routes that they've been doing. Obviously, that's how they scored right. um, on a Sunday night, solely based on that type of stuff right there. Yeah, I agree with you. But he's not hes not the guy that you're going to be stretching the field. He's no. never really been that. He, Even no. on his big plays, he, think about his big plays are always a 10 to 50 yard catch run. and then it's the run. The 99 yard or the 90 yard touchdowns, all, all of the 90 plus yard scores that he's had, they were they've like been eight, short, nine, yeah, 10, short catches. catches. He makes yeah. a guy miss and just houses it. Yep. That's his. That's more of his game. He's not a guy like Claypool or Washington, correct? Who you're running on a 30 yard route and, and catching it in stride tight. That's just not his game right now. Yeah, and that's why too. I would probably go false as well, me, uh, because they have more guys that that are more prolific in the vertical game, mm-hmm. shall we say? Um, and so yeah, I, I uh, more Washington, more Claypool in that regard, maybe uh, before more Juju. 
Question number two, better Christmas movie. I'm digging these Christmas questions today. Let's do it. Uh, Home Alone or Elf? Oh, man, that's Home tough. Alone, no debate. It's not You tough. think no debate? No debate. See, I would go Home, Home Alone, Alone, too, but that's close for me. Nah, Elf's a classic. Not. Elf is a classic without a doubt, but Home Alone is Home Alone for a reason. It's true. Let, let's be real about that. It, it, I'm sure, it, and it's not a lot, but I'm sure it's a, a good amount of people that haven't seen Elf that have still seen Home Alone. Like, Home Alone was it's, one of the movies that, like, yeah. that 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 changed. That, that was a, a generational movie. Whereas, like, Elf is more so like a subset, but it's still important, but it's not the the the, the baby baby. You know what I mean? Right. That, that's uh, how Home I look Alone at it, is man. is up on the shelf with uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, like 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 that. That's and, in like yeah. holiday Christmas movie, story, like like, his, like, it, like yeah. the Hall of Fame of history uh, of Christmas movies. Here's, here's, Home Alone here's is, is, is there, yes. man. Uh, Home Alone is in the Hall of Fame of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Elf is in the Hall of Very Good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and we 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 can relate. We know the difference. We know the difference. <laughs> we know the difference. We know the difference. Yeah. Home Alone is is NFL Hall of Fame. Elf is NBA Hall of Fame. It's it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's still a hall, but it's it's not the same though you know what i mean like you respect it it's dope oh, oh yeah, yeah all right cool yeah, yeah you were good but you're not there you know what i okay, mean okay now this is i think this might split a crowd even more right, oh here we go this is me not this is me not me okay okay like, which me are we talking this here? is wes not me all right elf or the jim carrey grinch oh man now that is very tough because i like both of them and they're both in that same era. Yeah. They and have and the they're, classic. And you got Jim Carrey. Yeah. You got Will and they're Farrell. in the exact same genre, too. At least Home Alone, it's a little different of it a is. genre in terms of, like, just the style of There's of, some of comedy movie. and there's yes. some action and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's tough because Ooh. I love Jim Carrey. For me, I'm going to go Elf because that movie has one of my favorite scenes. It's the scene where, where Buddy the Elf is walking with the little boy and they're in the little park area and they get hit with the snowball. And <laughs> the from snowball there, my, my man, he starts like going to work and I just remember looking at the, 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 the little boy, he does all this to build one ball. He's like, I got one. <laughs> and Buddy over there with like a thousand balls. Like, yo, let's get it. And his accuracy, man, it was beautiful. The dive and throw on the run, hit my man in stride. I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is beautiful. This okay. is beautiful. <laughs> I'm really holding your feet to the fire. Oh, I know, man. You know, what, you know what movie has a good snowball fight scene, too? Jack Frost. Oh, I thought it out of this. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> man, I'm not going to lie to Buddy the Elf one, man. And, and, it's, it's classic. And because I always feel like when, when I'm watching, you know, Will Ferrell, every, every once in a while, I'm always like, Kind of reminds me of Ben a little bit, man. I gotta get this Ben vibe right here. And that diving throw where he like, Ugh, I'm like, that's seven. <laughs> it is him. He is a but what he always finds ways to come out of the clutch and win games for us. No wonder it makes perfect sense now. So that's that's just yeah, for me it's <laughs> third and final question from me here. Who makes the best bagels? Convince me. Thomas? I'll tell you right now. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I said Thomas. <laughs> Anywhere in the it's the holy it the, it? the holy triangle Brick, of bagels. Brickenridge Brick Farm or <laughs> the holy triangle of bagels, me. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> New York City, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Oh, you were talking about like city wise, state wise. I mean, I don't know. You can go where I don't you know. Want so to I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Really when he like asked who makes the best bagels, any, any bagel shop right? in Philly, New York, New Jersey. Yeah, 
I mean, Philly, they got the whole cream cheese thing based yep. off. Like, yep. yeah, it's certain places kind of like, all right, yep. if you're that's what you're known for. Like, that's like if we say, man, who makes the best cheesecake? Who mm-hmm. makes the best cheese steak? Like, bro, who makes the best wings? Really? <laughs> Uh, Arthur Motes. But my daughter does love Thomas. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> where I where I worked at WIP in Philadelphia, there was a place right around the corner um, called the I can't remember if it was Old City Bagels or the Old mm-hmm. City Bagel Shop. Okay. Oh, buddy. Like I mean, that, bagels huh? as big as your face. Whew. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, we got a bunch more tweets rolling in. Keep them coming at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. <laughs> the Body. And uh, we're gonna do a little best of the West. As well, too, in hour number two. So the fun continues. Don't go anywhere. You know, if you're lucky enough to be working from home today, unlike Arthur Motes and I, you know, who uh, who risked life and limb to get down here to the studio to do this show for Yins, you know, something warm, you know, a cup of coffee, maybe some tea, uh, maybe a cup of soup. You know, uh, and just uh, enjoy another hour of good football talk here on your 24-7. I'm with black and gold. I'm going to say it because we're not going anywhere. It's not the end of the show. I was going to say, I'm not about to end it, so yeah. 60 minutes in the books, <laughs> 60 more to come on Steelers Nation Radio. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm not soft. Well, that's good. But do you lack physicality? It's just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's the Steelers Blitz, hour number two on SNR. You know the drill. Uh, keep those tweets coming in if you want to get involved with the show. Questions, comments, cur- concerns, reactions. You can find us anytime on the Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. Arthur Motes, we've got a, a bunch of different questions rolling in here. A lot Steelers related, a lot now Christmas and Christmas movie related. Before we get back to the Twitter.com, uh, what do you say we do uh, one of our original staples here on the show, a little Best of the West Wednesday? I mean, only if you want. Does that work for you? I, I, I suppose. And you know what? I've, uh, I've kind of been off my game in this regard a little bit. Uh, we went a few weeks without doing Best of the West because we had a lot of crazy, lot of crazy scheduling, scheduling stuff in the stuff, game on game Wednesday. On Wednesday. And you seeking what they call comfort? No, I oh, just, okay. um, we had a lot of Steelers things to talk about, you know? I mean, um, did we, though? We, oh, we certainly did. Are you we sure certainly still this? do, but we're going to do a little Best of the West. Um, and with that kind of lull that we had when we brought back Best of the West, I think it was last week, Arthur Motes, I forgot to play the little, little intro music. I know. Mm. So you, you you were punishing us for what reason? I am not sure. So I mean, if we're gonna do this, I'm gonna do this proper. I would say, can we do it the right way? We're gonna do it. Wow, wow, West. I am Wesley Euler, and this is my segment. Hey, now. It's a real simple concept, all right, folks? It's called Power Rankings. We just dress it up with a fancy title, a fancy name. 
Best of the West Wednesday, Arthur Motes and I give our top 10 teams power rank them in the National Football League. And, uh, yeah, it's about that simple, right? If you if you work in uh, sports talk radio, particularly football sports talk radio, it's it's just a requisite requirement, Arthur Motes. We have to give our power rankings every week or else the sports content gods will smite us down. No. And we don't want to get smited. We don't want to get fined and we don't want to get smited. Definitely don't want to get smited. I, I've heard it in the Bible. It doesn't sound nice. <laughs> so since this is my segment, we'll start at the top of the list. Uh-oh, you know what that means. <laughs> it means the same team that I've had there. Since training camp opened in July, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I mean, Arthur Motes said it best on Monday when he said, look at how Mahomes played in the first half. Not very good. Arguably no, the no, worst. No, no, no. Not very good. It was bad. Arguably the worst bad. half of football he's played all season. All his all, all professional his career. career. Like, I've never seen that from him, man. And they still were never really in, they were never really in danger of losing. They went out three scores. Yeah. <laughs> at yep. one point. Yeah. My uh, man had two turnovers in the first. This might be the highest I've had this team this year. I've had them in the top five plenty, but I don't know if I've had them at number two. I got the Green Bay Packers. Mm, okay. I, uh, you know, I think Matt Lafleur uh, deserves some some love. Put some respect on it. Would you tell me? Twenty three and six, and as a as a head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it's a lot better uh, than that guy in Cincinnati that's right now. Pretty good back to back titles in that division. Um, you know what, Arthur Motes? Here's what it comes down to for me. What's up? Uh, after the Chiefs, right? In these teams that I have, like in the two to six range, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of separation between like team two, team three, team four, team five, team six. Okay, fair enough. The difference to me, then, is going to be, all right, well, how am I going to split hairs here? And I'm going to split hairs with Aaron Rodgers. And that's why I got the Packers at number two. I mean, is it really splitting hairs when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> He's a bad man. I mean, outside of Mahomes and, and, and situational Russ, I don't really see another quarterback that's doing it like that. He's a bad man. Arthur I'm, Motes. I mean, you know, I'm a Josh Allen guy. He ain't, even he ain't doing it like that now. Speaking of Josh Allen. You don't say? Making their highest appearance wow. ever, ever in the history, the the, the two and a half year history of this segment. <laughs> long, long history. Long. And the history. Buffalo Bills, number three. Okay. Uh, they're peaking right. at the right time. They can run the ball situationally. Did you hear that? Do you need me to repeat that again? They can run the ball situationally. Uh, that connection between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is real. And they got John Brown coming back. And they got John Brown coming back, and their defense is stout with playmakers, and I think the defense can even get a little bit better here in the last couple oh, weeks. They're still trying to get back healthy all the way right. over there on the on the defensive side. I man. got the Bills three. Number four. You know what? There's a theme this week, Arthur Motes. I think this is the highest this team's been ranked, not ever in the history of this, because, I mean, these guys went to the Super Bowl two years ago, uh-huh. so I'm sure I had them pretty high. But certainly this season, I've got the Rams at number four right now. I like it. Okay, okay. If you're if you're if you're um you know gun to my head right now, Arthur Motes, Packers, Rams, Chiefs, Bills on Championship Sunday. Mm-hmm. But we still got a long way till we get to Championship Sunday, folks. But I got the Rams number four. The way that defense is playing, you kidding me? Uh, and 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 with, if Jared Goff plays like he did last week, if he takes care of the football and just lets that offense. Um, operate within its limits. The Rams are going to be a very tough out come January, and they could still be playing in February. I got them at number mm-hmm. four. Number five. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, what I want to know is 
how much of what we've seen the past few weeks is the Pittsburgh Steelers um, being found out a little bit on offense? Mm-hmm. How much is injury-related, which we know has been a huge deal? And with those two considerations, how much can they recalibrate before we get to January? Mm. They've got time to do so. Ben did say that. Ben said ben that. Ben did say it's that. It's the pre-postseason time frame to get everything addressed. So, And, like I said with the quarterback thing, I considered the Steelers at six, but I had them at five over the New Orleans Saints because, hey, we know at 38 off of major elbow surgery, Ben has his limitations, but... And give me him over Taysom Hill a million times. Any day of the week. A million times out of a million. So I've got the Saints six. I still think they're a very good football team, but if you lose to the Eagles with a first-time NFL, a guy making his first ever start in the NFL. No, no, no. Wait a minute now. Come on, man. You know Hurst is good, man. Hurst is good. He better than Wentz. I'm losing some faith. That would beat out Wentz. Wentz. That's fine. He's still making his first ever start as an NFL quarterback. He has to beat out Carson Wentz to get that job. You lost to those guys, New You know how good you have to be to beat out Carson Wentz in Philadelphia 18 months after that deal he signed? Come on, man. Put some respect on that man. Oh, and also, uh, the Chiefs play uh, the Saints this Sunday. The Saints play the Chiefs this Sunday. Mm So, um, could be staring down the barrel back-to-back losses for New Orleans. Number seven, I've got Seattle. Russell Wilson, a defense that is getting better. But, man, they've still got their weaknesses, certainly, on the offensive line. um, Outside of Chris Carson and DK Metcalf needing more playmakers. But they have Russell Wilson. uh, And they have Pete Carroll. And they have a team that can just find ways to win close games. They didn't have to do that against the Jets this past weekend. Took care of business there. I've got Seattle number seven. I got Baltimore number eight. I do. And it, which is crazy is because they're fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah. But did you watch Monday? I mean, did you they're watch? rounding into form at the right time. They're getting some guys back from injury. Lamar's playing as well as he's played all year. I got Baltimore number eight. I got the Browns number nine. Tell you what. Pretty good division that the Steelers find themselves in the AFC North this year. Uh, Cleveland is a good football team. They, they, they are. They can run the ball. They're better on defense. They're still not great on defense, but they're better on defense. And when Baker Mayfield doesn't want to be dangerous, when he just wants to be the game manager that he is, man, they're, they are a dangerous football team. And number 10, I give the Titans a slight edge over the Colts, Arthur Motes. Okay. It was, you know, like 10A, 10B, I go Titans, Colts. All right. Then my honorable mentions, Colts, Buccaneers, Cardinals. So, again, real quick, Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Rams, Steelers. That's my top five. Then Saints, Seattle, Baltimore, Cleveland, and the Tennessee Titans. That's my uh, thought process. Arthur Motes, what say you? Whoa. It sounds like we are about 97% the same, wow. bro. So, I got the Chiefs at one. Um, I agree you? with you, man. I mean, They've been playing lights out. Even when they struggle, they still are dominant. That's the crazy part. As much as people like to talk about, well, they've had this many one-score games. The difference is this. You can read off a statistic about a one-score game, but then watch the game and see that, man, that's not a one-score margin of victory when you're watching the dominance and just the lack of competition at, at some times. I mean, that the Dolphins, they scored that touchdown later in the game and it made it look closer than what it was. But anybody that watched that game from about the midway point of the second quarter – it wasn't close. About the midway point, it, it was clear dominance. So that's where they still remain number one. And number two, I do got the Green Bay Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers and that team. I mean, they are playing well. 
I mean, you, you see the receiver out there, Devontae Adams, he is a problem. They can run the ball. They're playing good on defense right now. They, and they've actually been playing consistent these past couple of weeks as well. So that's why, for me, I got the Packers at number two. At number three, I'm with you. I got the Buffalo Bills here, man. They're playing really well. They went on the road. They went at home. They played against very tough competition. Outside of a last-second Hail Mary to Arizona, they should have won, literally, was it four or five in a row right now, man? Uh it could be seven. No, it's seven. Excuse yep. me, it's more than that. Seven, seven. in a row. Absolutely. Yep. So, to me, that is a team that is on fire. That is a team that has found their identity. And trust me, they still have a lot of room to grow. I mean, between the injuries that they've dealt with, like I said, they still got to get healthier at the receiver position. Now, John Brown coming back is going to help them a ton. Yes. Offensively, they, like I said, that that's a piece that they've been missing in a big-time way. Defensively, they still got guys that are getting used to their new roles, their expanded roles, and guys coming back. But that's a really, really good football team, as you've heard us harp on before. I agree. And number four, I got the uh, the L.A. Rams, man. It's something about them, man. They, they're playing consistent. I mean, honestly, them and Green Bay are probably the most consistent teams we've seen in the NFC. Yes. This season, man, just from from start to finish, man, they've hit their stride and they're putting together some really good football, man. Jared Goff looks really good. The receivers are playing well. Cam Akers is doing his thing. And obviously they got Aaron Donald. So, yeah. At number five, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Ooh, look at us. I, I'm telling you, man, very simpatico. Uh, so, so with the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, as bad as they played offensively, the thing is this. They still, they still, these past two weeks, had numerous opportunities to win the game, numerous opportunities to, to be in the game in the end of it. So to me, when you're able to play that bad against, a, one, a really, really good team, and two, against a team that's playing good ball in terms of the Washington football team, and you're only losing by a score or 11 points, to me that still speaks volumes about how talented you are and the potential that you have to get back to where you once were. So to me, that's why I have them at five. I'm not ready to, to you know sell the farm just yet. At number six, I got the New Orleans Saints. Ooh, um, six for six. I like the Saints. I just don't like Taysom Hill at quarterback. That's that's the issue. I like him used, and I know you don't like this, but I like when they use him in spurts. I don't <laughs> mind some design stuff for him. But when you talk about having a guy like Jameis Winston who threw for 5,000 yards, who threw for 30 touchdowns, you're going to talk about the 30 interceptions. That's fine. But to talk about the 30 picks, you got to talk about the 30-plus touchdowns and the 5,000 passing yards. That is big-time ball. That's something that Taysom Hill is not capable of doing nope. at this point in his career. You It's very evident watching him on tape. Even when he's had games where he's passed for good statistical numbers, just look at the offense and how it's run. Look at how some of those yards are gained. It's not high-quality quarterback play. And to me, that's going to continue to limit them. We saw it and how they struggled against the Eagles in a big-time way. We saw the Falcons giving them some issues as well. Yeah. To me, man, this is, this is a, a recipe where it's not going to sustain long-term success the Falcons and the Eagles are not teams that you're going to see in the playoffs well you you never know what the Eagles you could see them just because the NFCs but 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 typically typically that that's not a team that you're going to be seeing come playoff time these teams are going to be a lot better and if you can't have an effective offense and move the ball better than that you're going to struggle so that's why I have them at six at number seven I got the Seahawks Seahawks should be higher but they're inconsistent if I get great rest, they're a top three team. If I get okay rest, they're a mid-tier team. If I get bad rest, they're not even a top 15 team. Right. That's just who they are right now. So with that being said, I have to have them at seven because they're what? They came off of a week ago a bad performance, this week a good performance, but it's against a bad team. So I don't really know what to expect from them right now. They've played the two New Jersey teams a- exactly. the, last, the last two you games. You lost the one and you blew one out. 
What does that say about what? you? No, I don't it, know. It, it's kind of like when <laughs> Alabama in the beginning of the year they play uh, Tuskegee Tech Community College State. I'm South like Central uh, Missouri, Alabama, Tennessee. Tech. I, I, I'm like, yeah, you you you, you scored eighty. Uh, are you good? I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. So that's where we are right now with them, and that's why I have them at number seven. At number eight, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Man, what they did Thursday Ooh, eight night, for eight. or excuse me, what they did Monday night against the uh, the Browns, man, that was an amazing performance. Um, not only by the team as a whole, but Lamar Jackson as well, man. You see him come back. First part of the game, he, he's doing it with his legs. Second part, he's doing it with his arm. You already know they got the best kicker in the game right now, Justin Tucker, and he showed he he is as good as advertised. So to me, man, I have them at eight because. This is a team that dealt with the the COVID outbreak. They had the COVID outbreak along with playing a very tough Steelers team, and they they were very admirable in, in terms of how they showed up. And then they won a tough game against Dallas that, that was a must win at the time. And now you see them put together two you know really good performances. This is a team that looks like they're heating up. They understand that their playoff hopes are on the line. Their back is against the wall, but they have some very favorable matchups coming up for them as well. So that's why I have them at eight. At number nine, I got the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is playing well. People look at Cleveland because we blew them out and because Baltimore blew them out. Oh, same old Browns. No, that is not the case. You look at the teams they lost to and look at how they lost. Outside of Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they have not been blown out. This is a team that can score points, a team that runs the ball extremely well. And the biggest thing with them, why they are eight and not, or excuse me, why they are nine and not higher is because of the inconsistency with Baker. Baker looked really good against Baltimore. Baker looked really good against the Titans. But then you get bad Baker at times. We've seen that as well. And to me, that's the biggest thing. Just which Baker are you going to get? If you get good Baker that showed up against the Ravens, that's a tough, tough team that you're not going to want to see. But you could get the, the Baker that showed up against us earlier in the year. That's a Baker that you want to see. That That's 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 mm-hmm. not a tough out. So that's why I got the Browns at 9. And then at number 10, this was tough, man. I was with you on this. I was flip-flop between the Colts and Titans. But we're okay? not going to have the perfect day here, are we're we? We're not. We're not. Oh! So as much as I love the Titans, shot to the and, heart. And, and, and this is the thing, I love the oh. Titans when they wear their color rush. I, like we the, the I like when they day. wear the darker blue color rush in in uh, Derrick Henry because he wore this against the Colts. He went with the the dark blue socks, no white showing, and he was an animal that day. You saw he went for like 200 yards on the ground. I love that outfit, but they don't wear it enough. So with that being said, I got to go with the Colts because I like the whole little horseshoe on top thing, all right? It's the nostalgia. So that's why I got the Colts right there. And let's be real, man. The Colts are coming off of a really good performance against the Raiders, a team that fancies themselves as a playoff team. But they beat them convincingly. So that's why I have the Colts. And then my honorable mentions, I got the Titans, the Bucks. Dolphins and then Cardinals bringing it up. So just a quick recap. Number one for me were the Chiefs. Number two, the Packers. Number three, the Buffalo Bills. Number four, I got the Rams. At five, I got the Steelers. At number six, I got the New Orleans Saints. At seven, the Seattle Seahawks. At number eight, the Ravens. Number nine, the Cleveland Browns. And bringing up number 10, last but certainly not least, the Indianapolis Colts. I tell you what, this is a day to remember. We both went went 13 deep. Yeah. And the only difference was we flip-flopped 10 and 11. That was it. I tell you what. And, and I was based on the that's, socks and the uniform. That's uh, that's maybe not a perfect game, but Arthur Motes, I think we just threw a no-hitter. Dude, like, that's crazy. Like, we might, we walked one guy. That's crazy. But we threw a no-hitter. How crazy. about that? <laughs> there it is, our Best of the West rankings for uh, and the week too, 15. And wow. the thing, too, for, like, I mean, people, if you don't know by now, we don't even discuss this before we, no, re- we read not. it on air. Like, we do not. <laughs> I swear to you, that's not <laughs> like well, seriously. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you've listened, you know, if, yeah. you're, if you're a loyal listener, a a P one as we call mm-hmm. that in the business, um, you'll know that there's been a lot of times where 
we've been completely off. Oh, yeah, yeah without well, a doubt. I've had a team at three, yeah, and you I'm... have that same team at nine, and we're Absolutely. yelling at each other like, what are Absolutely. you missing? No, what are you missing? That's crazy, man. <laughs> Good stuff there. I like it. Good vibes on a Wednesday. Uh, we'll get back to some tweets, some of the reactions, some of the questions on the Twitter.com on the other side here, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Arthur Motes, we talked a, a little bit about that uh, just absolute showdown, that barn yeah. burner, that back-and-forth game on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Photoshop extraordinaire, David, mm-hmm. wants to know on the Twitter.com, Motes, have you ever uh, dropped the deuce, uh, I mean, had cramps so bad that you needed subbed out mid-game? <laughs> that whole situation was crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> and for the record, the answer is no. But um, I, I will say this. Now, I know the whole, like, was he having to go number two or was he having cramps? I can see both scenarios. Because I've seen that run before, and that is very similar to the I got to go boo-boo run. It is. But that, was then, the, that was the bathroom yeah, waddle. But, but then also, I've been in that stadium in Cleveland with my spike cleats on running up that hill. And I have had to run like that as well because you will fall and break mm. your neck on that thing if you if you don't give you a little bit of the shuffle, right? Now, see, that's the behind-the-scenes look. And then, and then another Arthur telltale Mike. sign was this. Now, I'm not going to question the timeline because we know some people are, you know, they like to take a little more time when they're in sure. that type of scenario. Some people sure. don't. From my personal experiences, when you got a ball, you not have one of them long relaxing. It's just enough, and then I'm back out there. That was a long relaxing situation. And another telltale sign was this. From personal experience, when you do get IVs, you typically have to have what they call the flex wrap on your arm to keep you from bleeding because you can't wear a Band-Aid. Right. It's not going to work, and you're right. bleeding too much, so you do have to have it covered. When he came out the locker room, he did have it on his arm because uh. it, it was it looks like a sweatband. Like that, and it sits like mid forearm because typically they're going to the veins that are right sure. on the opposite of your elbow. Sure. So I did see that, and that was another reason why I was like, you know, he probably did get an IV, and IVs they take time, even if you got it a speed it up because you can speed up how fast IV gets into you. It still is going to be a 15, 20 minute process. But I was surprised that a quarterback needed an IV. That was the other part where I'm just kind of like, especially ah. Lamar. I'm like, I'm like, typically quarterbacks don't need IVs, like. And Lamar has never needed an IV. He's right. ran a lot and more and played it in way yeah. more hot temperatures than that. So right. that was the other reason why I was like, maybe he mm. did take a dump. Maybe, mm. maybe it was a little deucey action going on here. You know, you know, you never know. But but I'll take his word. He said he's, he didn't pull. He didn't pull he, Paul Pierce. He did, he's, that's what he said. That's what he said. He didn't pull a Joe Paterno. He, he hasn't given me a reason to believe otherwise. So I'm gonna respect this man and respect what he said. <laughs> but man. <laughs> Uh, good question there from David. Uh, That's the a great one, question. The lit one, Rebecca. Lit, 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 lit. Wants to know, I have a great Christmas questions for you guys. Have you ever re-gifted a gift? Oh, man. Oh, Rebecca wants to know, Arthur Motes, have you ever re-gifted a gift? I feel like if I say yes, then I got to tell you the story, and that might incriminate myself. Uh oh! It's kind of like when you're under investigation. You know what I mean? Like the statute of limitations. Statue of limitations is You know here. what I mean? Like, like, so for me, uh, technically, technically, 
I have. Technically, I have. But only once. Only once. Only once. Okay. Okay. And like I said, I can't get into the end of the game because it was, you know, it wasn't past the five-year statute of limitations. But yes, a gift has been regift. It was given to me. I actually did like the gift. I wasn't gonna use the gift though. That's fair. Okay, I wasn't gonna use the gift, and they were a pair of shoes. That was the thing. It was okay. a pair of shoes. I already had the shoes, brand new, fresh out the box. Ah. So when I was playing, you know, we would do the secret Santa. I'm like, well, you know what? I got you. I'll be a secret Santa this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it, it wasn't the only gift. I did give a new gift to go okay. with the old gift, okay. but that definitely was a re-gift. That was like, oh yeah, I got it. Well, thanks, but I already have this. Appreciate the gesture. I'm not going to tell you that I already got it. I'm going to send it over here, and that's kind of how we did the whole thing. But everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. Well, that's all that really matters. And every time I wear the shoes, I still got the exact same pair. So they assume that that is their pair, and I just kind of let them roll with it. I'm like, yo, you're a real one for this. No, like, you real. Appreciate you. Yep. Whole time somebody else got them joints. But it's cool. I regifted, but mine's a little kind of different. Mine's kind of similar to yours as well, too. It wasn't just like I got a gift and I didn't like this. Let me give it to somebody else. I guess maybe I don't know. I when I was I mean this would have been six seven years ago. It was just like I was like 21, 22. Um, I got a six pack of beer from somebody for as, for, as nice. a Christmas gift, and it was a like a very hoppy IPA. Okay. And I I, I don't hate. I'm not, I'm not an IPA guy, bro. I'm not either. Now I have my palates evolved a little bit over the last seven years. As long as they're not too hoppy, moats I can drink them. Yeah. But but you know some of those IPAs are very hoppy, and that just has never been my style of beer, and it certainly wasn't when I was younger. Um, so I just gave the six pack to a friend who liked IPAs that I knew would drink them and enjoy them because they would have sat in my fridge for a year. I was gonna say I, I've had I've been out at events and people have bought me IPAs and I'm just like, bruh, what now? And whoever is next to me, whether they are with me or, or or not with me, they they just you know get this new IPA gift as a gift from me that was a gift from somebody else. And yeah, I I, I do not rock with IPAs. <laughs> I'm not a beer guy, anyways. Like I see, I, I, I am. I, you know, yeah, that. Like, I, I, love I, beer. I, I would much rather have you know the alternatives, the, the liquors and things like that over just beer. But yeah, I, I will I will regift the uh, IPA. You you IPA me, you want to? I'm. A, Hey, hey, yo, Wes, yo, I, I really think about you. I got this fresh IPA just for you, baby. <laughs> well, don't do that because then I'll regift the already regift. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, a regifted, yeah. regifted, regift. Yeah, we're we, we going to pass that on. Yeah. Douglas wants to know why don't the Steelers use Vance more in the short passing game? And do you guys think there's any chance the Steelers will add a running back going into the play? More Sean Lynch. Oh, my bad. That's <laughs> my said beast mode. Um. In terms of why they don't use Vance in the short intermediate passing game or the short yard stuff, I'm not actually sure why. We've seen that in the past before Eric Ebron came. But actually, I do think the biggest reason why they don't use him as much now is more so because of Eric Ebron and what he brings from a receiving standpoint. We know Vance is your better blocker between the two, and that's pretty much how they use Vance right now exclusively for protection. I don't, I mean, I don't have to think, when was the last time we saw Vance get a target? Like, it, 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 he's not featured in any way, shape, or form when they're throwing the ball to the tight ends. But um, I do think that that could potentially be an avenue where you could have some success. But you have to remember, even with Vance, he struggled with, you know, drops throughout his career as well. So if we're looking to Vance as an alternative to Ebron and some of the – I don't know, the, the, the lack of consistent catching, yeah. you still have some of those issues with Vance from a historical standpoint. 
Veteran running back going into the playoffs? I don't think so. Marshawn Lynch! Marshawn Lynch! You, you're not feeling him? Hey, I'd take beast mode in Pittsburgh. I mean, even though he but, but was most recently seen in Hawaii handing out turkeys on Thanksgiving, not like, on a football field. But for, for me, my question is this. Are, are you talking about bringing a guy in to address the short yardage goal line stuff? Hmm. Or are you talking about bringing a guy in to be the feature back? That, those are two different questions. If you're yes, looking for are. short yardage solutions, goal line solutions, trust me, beast mode without a doubt can do that. And he will do that at a high level. We've seen the past two years now where he's signed on late or come out of retirement late. He's been able to come in and do that. That, that part of his game isn't going to ever go anywhere. I mean, just the sheer size that he plays with and the physical nature of his game. Yeah. But if you're asking him to come in and solve the run game issues, that's not going to – you're not getting that from Beast Mode at this stage in his career. Honestly, any back that you sign at this stage that's available, they have flaws. We've talked about this before. Talk when, anybody with the pass rushers. we talked about this for receivers. Think about Baltimore. They went out and signed Des Bryant. That was a big-name sign. It's like on paper, sure, but what has he produced at this stage? Guys that are available at this point of the season, they're available for a reason. High-quality, good players aren't available in December. They're, they're not unless they have baggage unless they have flaws or something a part of their game that is going to make you, you know, turn your face up at them a little bit. So you just have to understand that when you go into that 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 move. If you bring in a guy, what, just understand the expectations. Understand what you're bringing in. Because they're not – I mean, you 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 tell me which guy that's free agent right now that's going to come in here and just change the whole face of this offense or defense or just in general. I mean, Antonio Brown, who was all-world the last time we saw him on the field, even him this year hasn't been nowhere near that impact guys that are available like that i mean it, it's for a reason baby i agree there's a reason arthur Mutz said the same thing when we were talking about that the same question at the linebacker position a, a week or two yeah. ago the guys that are out there that are available there's a reason that they're like, still we, we talked available. about debo we said man if you were bringing a guy like him in you know the flaws that are going to be there it's the reason why he's available shoot even me it's the reason why i would be available if i'm not they're still they're still yeah, from from, from the, uh, the uh, you know first first person yeah but even with that like I said I'm not available and if I was I still have flaws in my game at this at this particular stage that's why I would be available right now so that's what you have to realize when you talk about that now I'm not opposed to it because of this you could take two approaches when trying to fix issues right you can take the approach of all right we can try to fix five little things and that's going to equate to a big fix or we could just try to wait to find that one piece that's going to fix everything or have a large impact right away. For me, I'm a believer that if I don't have that one person, like Mika Fitzpatrick a year ago was the one person, right? He was that guy that, hey, I could bring him in, and his, him by himself is going to address multiple things, right? We saw the pass rush get better. We saw the pass defense get better. We saw the turnovers increase. He fixed multiple things. Now, if it's a scenario where you don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick, which right now when we're talking about running backs, it's not a Minka Fitzpatrick equivalent available right now, you have to go the other way and say, okay, can I get a, can I get a guy that can address the short yardage? All right, cool, I got that. Can I get a guy that can address just being a third down threat out the backfield? Okay, I got that. Okay, let me, let me find a guy who, who can, you know, pass block. Can pass block. All right, let me get that. Let me get a guy who does really good in terms of making the first defender miss because I know he might have to do that a lot this year running the ball. That's the other approach, and that's where I feel like you would have to go at this stage. You got to try to just, all right, let me get a little piece here. Let yeah. me get one guy here. Let me get that guy there, and ultimately that way you'll be able to put together a, a successful outfit. I think you're correct in that one. 
Uh, Adam here, last one before we go to break. Adam said, I missed the show earlier this week. I just wanted to say that I watch every single Steelers game from start to finish. But this last one... <laughs> I had to turn on some Call of Duty and work through some feelings during the end of the game. <laughs> Without a doubt. When Nate took that ball back for seven minutes, and we didn't get it back, I said, oh, this is one of those. This is like, this like that, that when you're on the other side of it, it don't feel as good. I mean, I always enjoyed it when we see Le'Veon do it. I enjoyed it when, when the bus would do it, watching him. And then you see us, and we're just like, oh, Lord, this is what that's like when you oh, can't. This isn't so much fun. You just huh? can't stop it? And we got to, you going to make us like it? Oh, Lord, don't make oh, us like man. it. No. You know how bad it is for you to start liking it? That, that That's bad. That's real bad. That's real bad. You don't want to start liking it. One more segment to go, so that means everything's on the table. Last chance to get those tweets in. Tweet now or forever hold your peace for the next 22 hours. At Wesley, you're at the body 52. Wrap with more of your reaction on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about him now. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Look at my king all dressed in red. I go, I go one day. Final segment of the show. We wrap with your reaction, like always, on the Twitter.com here. All right, hold on, Arthur Motes, real quick. I got to stand up and look out the window again. Uh-oh, here we go now. Moment of truth. Oh, it's not that bad. It looks like it kind of stopped. I mean, it's very, very lightly coming down right now. Very lightly coming down. Boo. Parkway looks good, though. You should be able to get home, no problem. As for me, I'm here for seven more hours. I'm going to say, we want snow. We want snow. Snow some more. Snow some more. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to drive home in a, in a blizzard tonight because, you know, when I do finally get out of here seven hours from now at 9 o'clock tonight, um, there won't be any cars on the road anyway, so I, I was kind of hoping it was coming down. Yeah. You're lucky. You're coming down. I like when there's no cars on the road when I get to drive. Jeez. All right, Motes, we got a tweet from an old friend here. Haven't heard from this guy in a while. Well, hello, Doc. This is my old friend. What Juju Ben Hayden Okora for? Okay. Is on the Twitter.com. Shout out. What's up, Paul? Paul's his real name. I know that because it says so in his Twitter bio. Oh, I was like, how do you know that? Hey, Paul, what's going on, man? You tweeting us all uh, all off season. Yeah. During our true? quarantine. Well, to be fair, that's when we really needed Paul. He was giving us the yeah. good the good debate ideas during the uh, the gold rush of sports content back over the summer when we had nothing to talk about but three hours to talk about it. What Juju Ben Hayden Okorafor asks. Or says, I should say. Eh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a statement and a question. Juju always seems like the scapegoat for frustrated Steelers fans. Um, I agree. I think yeah. we've kind of... There, there's always one, right? Um, it's been Ben at times for frustrated Steelers fans. Not mm-hmm. necessarily this season, but in the past. Um, yeah, that is... I'll tell you this. That's not just a Steelers fan thing, though. All fan bases, when their team struggles... They don't want to hear that it's because of X, Y, and Z. They want to pinpoint it on one thing, one person. Always. Yep. 
<laughs> and uh, a lot of times it's the head coach. A lot of times it's the quarterback. It's Juju at times as well, too, for sure. Uh, but here's the question that, uh, that Paul wants to know from you, Arthur Motes. Do some players really look past weak teams and focus more on the future on the tougher teams? Like, for example, these Bengals versus the Colts and Phillip Rivers. Um, do, they, do teams truly look past, or is it really that one-week-at-a-time mantra um, is that lived by 100% of the time? I mean, for the most part, yeah, but you also have to remember this is human element. I'm, uh, in terms of regardless of how much you guard against it, regardless of how much you try to hype up a team, these guys, they still are looking at the same stuff that people are looking at. They're still hearing the same people talk about them in negative lights. They're still seeing the statistics pointing to how bad of a team this may be. So you always are guarding against it. But it's always there because of, like I said, human nature. I mean, so that's never going to go away. But I do think that certain teams do a better job of handling it and managing it versus other teams where you can just see from the time they show up and it starts up top. It's like, man, organizationally, like nobody took this game serious. And it shows in the performance. Yeah, it really does. Uh, TC tweets with the offensive line struggling obviously struggling why not take a page from buffalo's adjustments that we saw they made we could use vance mcdonald james connor go max protect with three wide receivers we talked about that on monday that's something that i i would like to see yeah but what we all fell in to realize is we might want that but (laughs) decision makers don't want that correct And, and that's the thing because you also have to remember for the more people you put in protection, that means less people that are going to be available to you in cu- or, yep. or down and running the routes. So we already talk about how we want Deontay with more targets or maybe less targets right now, right? We talk about how we want more Juju. We want more James Washington. We want more Claypool. We want more Ebron. Sometimes, sometimes, maybe not. But either way, we can't get more of that if we're talking about bringing more guys in to protect Ben. To me, personally, from what I've seen, hasn't necessarily been a protection issue now, that can go both ways because, granted, Ben is getting the ball out very fast. 2.2 and seconds. Pe- people have asked, all right, so what is the purpose of that? Are you doing that to protect the offensive line? Are you doing that because you can't stretch the field? Are you doing that because of the lack of running game? To me, I viewed it as because of a lack of running game. Now, the old line has done well protecting Ben, but we haven't seen them have to protect him for long periods of time either. So it could be a scenario where when you try to go that route, all right, it's not there, and you could be forced to go with – you know, bringing in extra bodies to protect. But I just don't see them doing that right now, man. I feel like they still believe that they can throw the ball and really get after teams. So I think that they're going to continue that approach. And also, it's a difference with the personnel with Buffalo because Lee Smith is the Titan that they use for that. He does not want he does not want the ball. Like, he's a guy that since he's gotten, he was a fifth-round draft pick of the Patriots, came over, I think it was my second year while I was in Buffalo. Sherrod Lockers with him. This is a guy that is a glorified offensive line. He is when he comes in the field, he wants to pancake block you. That's his goal. Vance doesn't want to pancake block you. Ebron doesn't want to pancake block you. That's not their goal. They want to get after. They want to catch passes. They want to you know do that type of stuff. Score touchdowns. Celebrate. It's a different mentality though. So if you're gonna ask Vance, you're gonna ask Ebron to come in and hey, I want you guys in protection. I want you guys chip blocking. I want you guys doing this predominantly. Well, that's something that they're not maybe at the same level of comfort with or desire to do that either. So that's another thing that could potentially be holding that part of that, you know, suggestion back as well. Last one here. Dr. Dave. I like that name. What's up, doctor? Doc. 
Uh, Dave wants to know, you know, with the offense kind of struggling and stagnant, uh, could they mix some things up with some new trick plays, gadget plays? Um, he said, you know, I, he said at watching what Philadelphia, some of the things that they did with Jalen Hurts, which even improved their running game as well, too. Is, is there anything that we can do in these regards? Hmm. I mean, yeah, but it goes back to what we just talked about. I mean, we could talk about in terms of improving the offense – what if we went under center, ran the ball, used play action, bootleg off of it? We know that those things help out with running games. We've seen multiple teams do that. We know in Pittsburgh they don't want to do that. We talked about the pistol formation as well. That's something that gives you a pseudo shotgun look, but you can still operate and run plays of a traditional under center sense, even mm-hmm. though the center quarterback exchange is different. And we've heard that that has been shot down because of the, the lack of comfort between the center and quarterback exchange. So to me, it's it's like when you're hearing all these things, it's becoming more so of an excuse as to why they can't do something where when we really look at it and get to the root of it, it's more so just they choose not to do this. It's not that they are not capable of doing these things. It's not like Ben can't go into center. It's not like they can't run play action. It's not like they can't bootleg. It's not like they can't run pistol. But they choose not to. So that is more, like I said, on them from a philosophical standpoint, just simply saying we don't want to do this. We choose not to do this. Not we don't have the ability to do this. Well said. I echo like a trampoline. I bounce everything that Arthur Moats just said. I echo everything that Arthur Moats just said. Like a canyon. <laughs> like a like a big empty classroom. This, this, I echo everything Arthur Moats just said. I'm glad you were able to pull like that in. Like an empty warehouse. Just keep going. You'll get it right eventually. I'm like a garage with no cars in it. There we go. What else echoes? I, I don't know, bro. I think I got it. Like that little the little thing that they commer- have the commercial for. Echo. The Amazon Echo. Yeah. <laughs> echo. Turn my lights on. I don't even know if you call it Echo, but it's called Echo. I concur with Arthur Motes. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks uh, to everybody on the Twitter.com. Great stuff, great participation as always. Tomorrow is Thursday. It is our last show of the week, but don't panic, all right, because the Steelers play Monday night football, so we're still going to have all of our bells and whistles, our five-star matchups, our Here We Go song um, on the show on Monday. So tomorrow will be our last show of the week. If you want to get the tweets, get the questions, get the participation ready for tomorrow, you know it's a Thursday, so we'll also talk to our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. That'll do it for today. We'll talk the yins. Oh, in about 22 hours. High noon, as always, and you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio.